Welcome to episode 12 of the Modern Monks podcast, guys. Uh, today, we welcome Benny McKinnon on as our first guest. Um, local Thank local you. yoga Thank you for guru. Me, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that. We're super interested to dive into some of Benny's philosophies and, and takes on life. Um, He's a, he's a super interesting cat that we've uh, just started running into more and more often. Yeah, and so I think it's just been a weird, weird sort of just circling around and it's just keep happening. So it's like good on you guys for going like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Because I remember we, I, went, I met you prior to knowing that Will knew you at your dream workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what I remember. I remember you like, I think I came here and then I was like, oh, I've seen this dude. And then it was one of those awkward moments where I was like, I know, I know I've seen him. Yeah. Now it's out of context, and I'm kind of screwed. Yeah, and, yeah. Then it, and then it clicked who it was. Yeah. I think you came with your girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, to the I think it was a dream and lucid workshop. It was yeah, like, yeah. It was sort of like I've done maybe like four now, and it's been kind of like you get these two. There's two sides to it, which is we. It's a thing of are we just talking about improving sleep, or are we going into like this other realm of like self exploration and so I actually did one just last weekend up Sydney way and it's kind of how I'm structuring it now is I'll get these people and they just like I can't sleep I wake up you know how can I use the time before I go to bed to work maybe with you know neurosis or affirmations like a hypno um, hypnotic sort of thing and then the same thing when I wake up and then you get this other sort of group who are like I've had a few freaky things happen at night and I kind of want to get into that scene and then that's where we start to broaden it out and then you get some people where they you know they might want to probably like in a group of 20 you'll have three people that have had a lucid dream some so just just before we dive too deep yeah. what is a lucid dream can you explain that yeah the, yeah so i've got better and better at explaining the, the difference so say you have a vivid dream yeah so like you woke up this morning and you had this dream and it was just like this yeah and yeah. it was just absolutely really you could feel everything you could taste everything it was like as far as you're concerned it was just the same feeling at that moment which is quite often why you don't question dreams because you take them as real at the time that you're having the dream so therefore you just go along with it same as the waking reality right now we go along with this because it's just the status quo why question something that shouldn't be questioned yeah. it just is it but then in a dream you take that operating system into the night which is like a habit that we've for a very long time and we go into it so basically like a lucid dream like right now i think the best way to, to give it is we're in a dream right now let's say yeah this is your dream yeah okay and at this moment your dream yeah this is your dream you but you take it as real so yeah. therefore it just you're going along with whatever's going on yeah and now there's an anomaly so i don't know there's something someone you know from your past who died or there's something wrong with this room maybe it's too big it's too small it's in an old house like it's not quite what you remember it's, yeah it's not quite there's incongruency yeah. yeah incongruency and so that incongruency you can train yourself to recognize those incongruencies and they are called lucidity triggers so the, the change is like a lens so say you're non-lucid it's like your lens is just nearly perfectly focused but not quite yeah so you you kind of can't see everything and then all of a sudden it's like mentally it happens and it actually happens from the um, prefrontal cortex kicking in while you're dreaming and your self-reflective self-analytical capacity comes on and it clicks in and all of a sudden it's like it's like aha this is a dream 
And then you realize, well, this is a dream. This isn't my head. If this isn't my head, then he's you, and I'm you, and he's you, and this is you, and everything is you. And then you get into this really, like, all of a sudden you're like, that starts to sound a lot like something else, which is talked about within spiritual circles, which I don't like the word enlightenment. I think it's the most wanked off <laughs> word in the world. But I would say that every human has a capacity to wake up. So say, like, in your life you go lucid as well. So say you've got an old pattern that you do, you know, and you're doing your thing, and then one day it's like, whoa, wait a minute. What the fuck am I been doing the last decade? Yeah. And you go lucid in life. So this is something I say is it's not it's not about the night like you train yourself in the night but it's what it does to the day what it is what it does to your brain and what it does to like the way that you react yeah yeah so in essence that lucid state is actually being aware being clear on what's happening yeah so whether that's asleep or awake mm. you can you can become clear on you know what your purpose is what you're doing or if it's in a dream state you realize that you're in this alternate space, but it's yours and you're manufacturing it. That's, that's you know, no, 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 knock the nail on the head because there's, there's a spectrum, yeah? So there's a spectrum of lucidity which people say, well, I can control my dreams, which is, okay, we're on the spectrum now, yeah? You have some voluntary control, but there hasn't been that aha moment of like, this is all me. This, this, this monster, say a nightmare, like I get people up with nightmares, the first thing I say is, where the nightmare come from? Your dream. Who authored your dream? Your mind. So is the, the nightmarish figure separate from you, or is it you? I love this shit. And then once it's you, it's like, whether you like that thing or not, whether it makes you want to be absolutely sick to the core, you can't disown it. Mm. There's only one way to go. You have to essentially develop a relationship with it and come to work out why it's separate from you. Because it's separate from you for a reason. You've disowned something, you've pushed something away, you've repressed something. And generally that's when a nightmare comes in our life, like we're under acute stress and maybe we're not dealing with it. PTSD is really common where I work in mental health and a lot of nightmares because it's just like unresolved trauma, unresolved trauma. Isn't it fascinating? Like like when I went to a workshop, it was one of my first kind of like entrances into that kind of realm. And... I always thought it was kind of fascinating. It's like there's several constants in your life, right? Mm. You need to eat, you need to drink, drink water preferably, mm. and you, need, you definitely need to sleep, Go right? Sleep. But we spend so much time like regulating what we're going to eat, what we're trying to put in our bodies, what's the best diet, how much water should you have, is just too much water, all this kind of crazy stuff, mm. exercise. But the fact that when it comes to like sleep, right? Which is, a third, third, which is a third of your life, because I'm not a joke now. <laughs> I threw an exercise yeah, in the end. You know, I put exercise in at the end, and anyone that knows Easy E knows he takes the easy route, and training isn't, oh. on, training isn't on his list of things to get done. Yeah. So he needs to jump it up your list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky to include it in the list, right? It's in the list. I was honestly shocked. I was sitting here going, food, sleep, exercise. Where's this coming in? No, nah, it's not coming in. Nah, we're going to go with water. Water's more important. Water. Exercise maybe next. Going to the beach. No, Holidays. Still not in Holidays. There. But if you, but if you, on a serious note, if you factor it in, there's like you need to exercise, obviously, but you can moderate it down to nothing depending on what your physical yeah. requirements are. But when it comes to sleep, like no matter what, at some point you're going to have to sleep. But no one spends any intention whatsoever in, or most people don't, in getting ready for bed, shutting yeah. oh, down, yeah. wandering into it. 
factoring what happens to your body for six to eight hours or however long you sleep, you just kind of just there and then you get up like, you yeah, know I, just, I, mean? I just went unconscious and that's completely <laughs> normal and I don't quite know where I got, but I kind of know I went somewhere, but I can't quite remember where it was, but hey, fuck it, I'm going to get back on yeah. with my day now and pretend it never happened to me. Yeah. But it does happen to you. And whether you remember it or not, yeah. it does happen to you. Like every night you go through, say, because they said no, it's five phases, but if you say four, we go through one REM phase every 90 minutes or so. And those REM phases, which are our dreaming phases, REM meaning rapid eye movement sleep, and then the non-REM phases, which precede it, and the delta sleep, which is called the deep sleep, we have this sort of, we have this moment where if you had, you know, electrodes on the brain, there's this point where your awakeness, like we're awake now, is as awake your body's paralyzed you're not on with the with the waking world but you're having an experience it's fully as far as your brain's concerned on a neurological level is just as meaningful and real as waking reality because waking reality is just messages to the brain from the external environment and then also your projection onto it so when we're dreaming, we, we cut off the external world and now it's just our mind projecting. Whereas when we're in the waking world, it's, it's this game of, you know, you meet someone, oh, it reminds me of this guy. He was a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it takes you a while to break through that, oh, actually, he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah. But I project onto you based upon my internal beliefs. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 for sure. That's so wild, eh? Do you find that people respond really, really well to the workshops and want to learn more and go deeper? Like, do you think this is a kind of growing phenomenon type thing or do you think it's something that's still on that fringe element of... I was surprised in the one I did up Canada Way in Sydney, like, it's it's changing because it goes hand in hand with the whole thing of, like, I think we live in this era where everything's accelerating. I think it's pretty obvious. Everything's accelerating. Mm. And it's, it's pretty unstable in some ways because the speed that things move at yeah and people i think are getting driven more and more because of that which has been happening for eons but they're getting driven more and more into this sort of like they kind of go with that scene and it doesn't give them there's some satisfaction you know like you're a father you've got you know your business that does well you're doing you know but you know what i mean like you, 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 have, you have an external experience yeah. that you've built like, in the, I think the cool thing I think about this is that your, your guys or, you know, the, your idea of this place, that was birthed in your mind, yeah? Mm. Just like dreams are birthed in your mind, just a creamy creative endeavour, just like the light bulbs in this room was birthed from Thomas Edison's mind. It's one of these ones, are probably the LED one's different. But it's like, it's like this thing <laughs> of, like, you, uh, you have this reservoir, and it's like people are disempowered a lot of the time because I don't know, you know, like I'm not, I'm not good enough looking, or I'm not like I don't have the right job, or I can't get like the right girlfriend, or you know, you know, this constant thing of like you're not quite enough. Mm. So I can sell to you now because you're not quite enough. And yeah. if people play that game, they get burned out. They end up depressed. I see them in places in, in mental health units sometimes as a registered nurse. And the people get to this point where they've played the game and they're looking for something that's deeper. 
And so I see people come on this road and there's some people who come into these workshops and they're like, it's like they really want to develop a relationship with themselves. It's like they spend their whole life running from themselves, augmenting themselves, trying to make themselves appeal to a certain thing. And then people kind of actually just stop because it hasn't worked. And they kind of go, you know what, I would like to, I'd like to see what's going on under the hood, mm. whether I like it or not. Isn't it fucked up though that that's the last place people look? Oh yeah. Like if you're driving your car. Yeah, it's in our culture. If you're driving your car, <laughs> It's like there's one place we all go to check to see what's happening. Yeah. You know, an indicator light comes on and we go, oh, fuck, I've got to pop the hood. But when it comes to ourselves, it's the last place we look. We go, oh, I'm not feeling great. Your fault. You did that to me, man. <laughs> you made me feel bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, my trigger. You triggered yeah. me. <laughs> these things pop Your up. <laughs> these things pop up and people go so far one way to go, oh, if I fix this tooth if i fix my body fat percentage if i fix my hair if i fix whatever i'll be better but no one takes time and goes what's going on in here like what's going on inside my head that i don't feel this love and acceptance from myself before i allow anyone else to fucking judge me like and let people love you yeah exactly but i mean if you you don't don't, love yourself no no one's going to be able to love you no one will be capable of loving you won't let you won't let them because if you hate yourself no one's, you're, not, you're always going to be like, or you're going to go the opposite way where you're going to be like, make me feel something. Yeah, make why, feel why aren't you making me feel better? You tell me why you don't you love me, me more? Tell me you love me, come on, mm. tell me. <laughs> Cuddle me, love me, do this for me. Yeah, it's human interaction, but you know, it isn't like that sort of thing of, you know, I get that, but it's like this thing of, like, I've got, you know, I'm totally open, like some people like to take psychedelics to get into that realm, some people like to do heaps of different things, and I'm not pro or con any of them. I just basically say, if you are not trying to escape yourself, if you're actually like your intent is like, I want to go under the hood, but it's like this thing of like, think about like, you know, like, you know, going out to the pub on a Friday after a hard day at work and you get a bit fucked up and then you go home like your nine to five guy. It's like this thing of, you're doing it because life is painful. Mm. But the thing is, is that, Life isn't not meant to be painful. Life is painful. That's, that's what it does. Buddha. Buddha. Like, it's painful. It's like <laughs> life is realizing that it is pain. Like, you can't escape yeah, it. Yeah, it's real. Like you have to experience these things in order to, to enjoy the good that does happen. Otherwise, if everything's all rosy all the time, everyone will get so dogmatic with it that you don't appreciate the good shit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, the sun's up, sky's blue, what a shit day. Yeah. I remember when I first came to Australia, I was like, because I've stayed because of the weather and I've stayed because, you know, the waves are nice and warm and the waves are good and the lifestyle. Let's just, Australia's better than New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> Australia's probably prettier than New Zealand. I'm not going to say, like, Australia's prettier than New Zealand. Oh, so New Zealand's prettier than Australia. But on the level of, like, I have really started to enjoy, you know, like, days like this where it's always, like, you know, quite good weather. But I think when I first came here, like, I've noticed I've gotten used to it you know, and that's the thing I've noticed is that, and then you hear people complain, ah, oh, it's sunny again, ah, oh, it's a sunny day again. You're like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, like, it's so true though. Go, like, go live in bloody Waikato in New Zealand, piss rain for like 75% of the year. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you bought your gumboots. <laughs> <laughs> bought your gumboots and you go surf around when it's cold. <laughs> it's nuts though. Like, 
we honestly do. We get so caught up in like expecting everything to be perfect. And I, we've said it on one podcast before, and it's what my dad says. He's like, if you hold yourself to any higher expectation than everything going right 60% of the time, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yes, and that's a good, that's a his, good thing. But his thing comes from like elite sports people. Mm. So like Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer mm. have never had a better than 62% first serve rate. Oh, I see. So he's, he's, yeah, he's, so he goes, that's how my dad's So he goes, <laughs> so if those guys sit there and they just, all they do is first serve all day and they can only get 60%. Why the fuck do we hold ourselves accountable to like every day has to be perfect? I need ten out of ten good days to be happy. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like that's it's a good thing though. That's a good that's a good philosophy. I like that. Sixty percent. Like where I where I work, like you know, I teach yoga and then I also work a couple of days as a nurse in a private mental health place, which and even that whole system has its oh, complete dysfunctions. Yeah, like I'm on a say that with a slow breakup. <laughs> if Ben's employers are listening to this podcast, <laughs> scratch that. <laughs> they know I'm on a slow It's all right. It's, we're, 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 we know where we're going. Anyway, but um, it's like this thing of I see people come into these places and these places will become more, I actually think, because it's this mentality of things should always be going good. Yeah, and things should always be the way I want them to be and... It's like, how can I manipulate the world so that I, everything that I ever want, you know, like, I, I love the whole, like, uh, you, know, you know, the whole manifestation thing, you know, so it's like this thing of, like, you know, I'm going to manifest just perfect love and everything is just going to be amazing and it's just going to be utopia and everyone's going to, you know, and you, and you get into that mindset and once you start to penetrate through it, you actually find that there's this neurotic fear that's what it's about you're afraid you're afraid of actually the other side of reality which is the dark side yeah like the world is really amazing there's so many opportunities like there's so many things we can do if we believe we can do it we work hard enough you can pretty much do anything yeah and the other side is that there's absolute darkness there is just things that would you would never believe that humans would do to another and they do it and they don't think about it but the thing is is, is not condoning it but you can go on this trip of like, ah, oh, it's, oh, it's going to be perfect. Oh, oh. Yeah. You know, and this, what I see in the dream stuff, is that that's a badass, man. Like that over time, it's, it's, it's in there and it comes up. We've all got these capacities in ourselves to be violent. We come from primates. We have this capacity to, to do some really horrible things, yeah. The question is, is, are we aware of it? Do we have this capacity of reflectiveness to just let it go? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, you hear Aubrey Marcus and those guys talk about it a lot, doing ayahuasca and, and certain things and meditations to confront their shadow. You know, the part of themselves that they're not particularly fond of or the part that can take over and become egotistical and can get violent. And, you know, it, it sort of takes over and it's an ugly side to every person, which everyone has. Yeah, have it. I mean, yeah, and it's whether you're aware of it or not that, you know, sort of can give you an avenue to, to making peace with it. But it's interesting that you say in like a dream state where nine times out of ten, when I have a dream, it's something that like isn't pleasing to me. Yeah. That brings me to and it's just like, I can't believe that I was thinking that. I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that 
this was happening inside my control. Like after talking to you a fair few times, mm. I do go to the bed with the intention of trying to come out of sleep with an idea of what my subconscious is trying to push on me. And a memory of where you, what happened. Yeah, and a, and a bit of a memory. And I like to I just write, write a few little notes about it in the morning mm. and, and see if I can piece something together from that memory. But it's always that dark shit that you go, oh, I'd never do that. But obviously there's some capacity inside of you that goes, maybe I want to. Maybe, you know, I want to push the old lady in front of the car instead of <laughs> helping her across the street with the groceries. Because you sit in the kitchen and, you, and, you, and you're cooking and then you just have a real fucked up thought. You're like, but there's that rogue, in, there's that rogue inside of you. There's sometimes like, you go, maybe I do want to do that. And then it's like, nah, it's, that, it's not the right thing to do. So you talk about, like, I, I, I guess I'm involved with the, I study a form of Tibetan Buddhism called Dzogchen, which sort of kind of, I fell into this road, um, and I started probably meditating maybe about 12 years ago, but they talk about what's called the substrate consciousness, so the substrate consciousness is kind of like, it's, it's where your personal mind stream comes from, and then we have universal consciousness, which obviously mind streams coming from human, animal, extraterrestrial, whatever mind streams are coming out and then you have this thing of that space that substrate consciousness is sometimes also referred to as an experience of shinata or emptiness yeah so emptiness is really about potentiality it's about that there's a space like you think you know you had the before the you know the, the test of the big bang but there was a space there's this potential you know and then we have a universe and it's like in our in our self, we have the substrate consciousness, which all that you know, if you want to get into the past life thing, which they would believe that the previous lives, everything is a reservoir of everything of, of you personally. And it's just this it's like this bubbling space of just potential. Like you can even you know, like quantum mechanics, like it's like this potentiality, like it's anything can come out of that yeah and that's it's it's nearly like neutral in the sense of whether that's good bad or whatever it just it just creates yeah it just mm. creates and so it's like this thing you're talking about with these this thing comes out of you and, and i think the big thing is as it comes out there's two things that happens as it comes out people attach and they're like man i'm fucked up i need to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist because you know that's really weird and then the other way to realize is, is sort of like how the, the Buddhists would come with it, which would be that you just witness it. You just witness it, and then as you witness it, it basically evaporates through the effect of your awareness on it. But when you attach to it and you label it and you call it good and you call it bad, so say with nightmares, like I would have experiences which we'd call a nightmare now, but they're not, I don't use the word anymore. I don't use that word. Because that word, you straight away set yourself up. You, you can't, you can't go to... experience. Yeah, if you just go and you look in the eyes of like, I had, so I had this experience maybe, probably about two weeks ago, I became lucid in a dream. I knew I was dreaming. And I had this very bizarre experience where this, this character, a dream persona, this woman, she looked like something out of like, what's that movie with the guy with all the needles in his head? You know, from Hellraiser. The Hellraiser. Like she was woman Hellraiser. Must know? have missed that one. Yeah. Before your time. Hellraiser. You gotta watch Hellraiser. So right. the special effects be shit now. But um, and she's she she beckons me to come over and so I kinda 
I walk through, I did a thing where I walk through walls a lot because it's a way of breaking down reality. Yeah? So like I don't walk through doors, I won't, I won't use it anymore because it's a way of proving to myself that I don't exist and the door doesn't exist and it's all just a big thing, yeah? So it's just like, it's like some inception. <laughs> so anyway, I get to this chick and it's like the, there's this crazy big dog thing and it's like, and the, the communication is like, okay, you're going to put your hand into it and it's going to eat you and you're not going to stop it. You're just going to let it happen. You're going to feel it and you're going to go with it, yeah? So I, I put my hand into it and say, I feel the pain and, I feel, and then I start to feel a bit of a like, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink. That's me. She's me. Everything's me. This body is a dream. So I've got nothing to zero to protect. When I wake up, I'll still have two hands. Yeah. So so basically, I absolutely give into that experience. I just let it dissolve me and destroy me. Yeah? And then when I'm destroyed, I'm still there. And that, that's a really profound experience because it's like, okay, I no longer have a body. I'm essentially dead in the dream, but I'm still there. And so that's a big thing of like, if I didn't have that experience to be like, hellraiser chick, I'm waking up, or I'm going to transform her into something beautiful, which, you know, at advanced practice, you could be like, I'm just going to turn it into something I like. But this is like, no, nah, I'm going to go and I'm going to look it in the eye and I'm going to let it communicate what it needs and I'm going to learn from it. Yeah, learn. Like, that's the thing, we have this reservoir inside. I look around every human being when I'm walking around, like, inside is just this reservoir of wisdom. They don't know it's there. Some some people do, some people don't. Yeah, some people are in contact with it, some people aren't. But it's like, there's this capacity. Like, you find a teacher, but the teacher teaches you that you're the teacher. But the teacher's inside you, yeah? And it is. Once you start to get into dreams, you're like, is it just me or is, am I kind of getting schooled mm. in something? And then you start to go, no, I actually am getting schooled in something. But by myself, some myself schooling myself, but not maybe maybe the big eye schools the little eye. You know what I mean? I've ran to a tear. No, not at all, man. <laughs> happens a little I'm bit on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a fair but, but I mean, and it's like that it links back to conversations Amy and I have been having recently about um, like we both haven't been sharing like as much information externally that we've been gathering. Like we used to, every time we'd catch up, it'd be like, oh, did you check this podcast? Or did you check this book? Or, you know, it's, it's significantly lessened. And I know personally it's because when I'm thinking about something or starting to unpack my behavior or where everything goes next, instead of asking a question externally, I'm starting to ask it internally. Because all that information, as you're reading it, as you're listening to it, you realise to some extent that you already know some of the stuff that you're taking in. So if you look a little deeper, you know, those answers are there. It's just that you're asking yourself the right question. Are you taking the right action in order to bring that stuff about? And, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you wish you could make people more interested in, especially lucid dreaming. Mm. Because it's, it's relinquishing that control element to everything. And I think once people let that down a little bit, you'd be much more open to, to realising that you don't know as much as you think you should, but you know more than what you think you do. Paradox. Yeah, does that make sense? Or did I just mind fuck <laughs> no, everyone? No, no, it's a paradox. It's, it's one of those things about paradoxical. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those fascinating, one of the hardest lessons that I've, 
had to pick up over like I think in recent memory of the last six months has been the acceptance that everyone that you meet and every path that you come across is someone else like is you living a different life yeah that's cool yeah. and when you think of like like when you think about it you think about all the people you're like oh it's impossible because they're so so different but even now as I've gone through this kind of evolution of my career and my purpose and our evolution in the business and things that have happened so far it's like I am more so much more malleable than I ever thought I'm so much more adaptable really like what I what I thought was oh Will's skill set is this my skill set is this they mirror and line everything's going to be good it's more like oh no that's so much more flexible because Will's going to go to another level um, change. hopefully in his evolution and progression he's going to go to a different role and that might let go of something that I was like holding on to or relying on to as something to like post me up or leverage me up and in the same way as myself I'm like oh Will can't rely necessarily on this idea of me being um, this type of personality, this type of profession, because I might go to another level. Not necessarily that the values are malleable and flexible, but that in life someone's going to hold like a different role mm. potentially, and those roles are always going to evolve. And you have to um, support someone through that purpose and that journey and, and things like that. So when I look at people coming into my life, I hold what I previously had was, oh, this is my perception of life and how you should lead it you should do the same thing yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more like oh no I accept more that that's where you're at and that there will be an evolution of that and my role in this is only to be someone who can represent my best self or what I perceive to be my best self and hopefully you will see that recognition in me that I'm trying to be my best self and then go fuck maybe I need to ask better questions of myself maybe I need to go oh I'm not making the best choices in my life, relationship-wise, work-life-wise, um, nutrition, whatever, mm. exercise. Exercise. But if we talk about, say, like, if you, there's a saying, it's like this thing, it's in one to do with, so it's like this thing, if you have gold here, and gold can be shaped into anything, it can be shaped into a crown, it can be shaped into an ashtray, it can be shaped into a statue of Buddha, yeah? And it's like, the way you shape gold, you, like, you like to make this with the gold, yeah? This is your thing. And then you find someone else and they don't know they have gold maybe to start and then they realize they have gold and then there's two ways you go which is the way you used to go which is the way I used to go as well which was shape the gold into a crown the crown is it if you don't shape it into a crown you're a fool man I wouldn't have ever, I'd never thought that I was but, thinking some fucked up shit about what I built but then it's like but the thing that's what I'm saying is like but now you realize it's like this, this, is, this is where it gets interesting like people go like what's the meaning of like, it's like this awesome thing where it's like now it's like okay the meaning of life is this you know make the gold into a crown that's it but then you get someone else it's like make the gold into you don't want to know <laughs> just, just do it the just kept, say it the thing that kept popping into my head go, was like, as soon as you said make something just I was go. like a big golden what dildo what is it what is it I knew what what is like, he's going to say I said, it I said a big golden dildo that's yeah. the first thing that came so, into my head and I thought the first so, thing when you said that was <laughs> He's thinking cocks for some reason. <laughs> so who says he's, but the thing is, is now we've got this awesome situation where here's this one person having his experience of the universe and another person, another person says, I'm going to make gold cocks. And another one's like, I'm going to make gold crowns. Yeah. And we can fight about, no, nah, What would you make? <laughs> what would you make? Not that. <laughs> Joey, what would you make out of gold? Uh, I'll probably get the gold dildo too. <laughs> <laughs> Super dildo, I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> 
See, but the thing is, is <laughs> we get this awesome thing now where you realise like it's way more interesting for there not to be one meaning, but for each sentient being to decide what that meaning is. Because now it's like it's way like if I if I was like some you know imagine that you're some omnipotent something that's created whether that's true or not. I would rather be like instead of going at all you guys this is the meaning of life now game over I'd be way more interested to see okay what do each of these crazy mofos decide life means and that's now I learn I'm learning yeah instead of me giving putting knowledge on you I'm actually getting a feedback loop where you're giving me more knowledge you're giving me more experiences you're giving me more like ideas so your relationship, like your guys' friendship, is like you know, you say you were karmically linked in some ways for the fact that you're friends and you've started what you've started, but in a stronger way than maybe everybody is. But it's like this thing of you have your internal world, which you're, he's aware of, and you have your internal world, which you're aware of. And now that you're both aware of your internal worlds, now it's like this awesome situation where it's like you can you're using. So say, say if you're not in contact with your internal world, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Tell me, you know, fix me. And then now I'm in, in touch with my internal world and I'm like, what would you do? What, what do you reckon? And you'd be like, well, I'd do this and I'd think about it and I'd be like, no, fuck that. Um, or I'd be like, you know what? I wouldn't have fucking even thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of a gold dildo. I'm like, I like sex, but I wouldn't have thought of a gold dildo. <laughs> What would you make? I was thinking gold sex swing, but you know. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bit. There's clearly a theme, huh? It's clearly a theme. I think I think if we asked this question, we'd find that at least seventy five percent would be on the sex train. Yeah. With the gold. Especially now that you've heard gold dildo, like yeah. it's hard to get anything out of your mind that's not. Or like a big clock. Yeah. <laughs> like a rapper. But I love that you didn't go Rolex. You just went like flavor flavor. Yeah, flavor yeah. flavor clock. <laughs> Vanilla ice just rolling. I around think someone needs face. to bring that back. <laughs> I think he went away for a reason. Yeah. I think he's ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, he could be right. Now, who's that? The, there's a, is it 50 Cent's kid that has tattoos all over his face and he's like um, full carries on with shit like that? Um, like so glorified, gold everywhere. What would you like, expect? He's got, I think he's got a gold asthma puffer. Now you open the door, which I'd, I'd like to quickly just step into, is. And it kind of comes down to two things, which is a conversation I think we've had by proxy for a while of like being man. Yeah. yeah? And the other Just one. Good. I really wanted to dive into yeah, yeah, yeah. some of this stuff. So like when I talk about the, the, the dream and the fear and the lucid dreaming and nightmares, well, that's, that's that, that path, which is the path of dream yoga, which is, goes further than lucid dreaming, which is seen as preparation for death, is considered what they call a warrior's path. It's a path of fearlessness, yeah. So it's a very like sometimes like as a male, I like that path because it, it's like I have to be a warrior, I have to walk into the darkness and get ripped apart, yeah. And it's like I've learned a lot about myself from those experiences of being a man, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's really interesting, like being a man, looking at the shit I don't want to look at, going to the places that I don't want to go, and deciding also like who I want to become and, and what I see a lot is like you get these you know 50 cent or 50 cents kid and you see people look up to that they're like oh, I want to be famous I want to be have a gold puffer or I want to have like and it's like this thing of 
what determines a man, I don't think, is like whether he's got a gold puffer or if he's got a, like, or how famous he is. Yeah. Like, I think what determines a man is like how willing he is to, one, like, take responsibility for his bullshit. And number two is like, go to places that make him afraid. Like, that's, you're a man. Like, you're a fucking man. Like, you must have like when you had a child, you're like, I've got to be a man now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I got responsibility. Fatherhood's father done a few things that I, I yeah. didn't expect, but it's it's one of those things too. And like when you say like be a man, I think it can be put across to to both sexes as well. Like everyone has that masculine energy inside them. And everyone does want to to address the things that they are are afraid of. And traditionally, I mean, it's always the prince saving the princess. But you know, the more we grow up. The, well, the more everything evolutionizes, the more we see that you know everyone is realistically the hero in their own story. Mm. You know, no one's really a damsel in distress waiting to be saved. And one of the um, one of the things my dad said to me before Bowie was born was that there's no rules, there's no right or wrong. It's just you have to instinctually understand what that child is going to need from you. He goes, no one can tell you that he's going to be this, he's going to be that, and it's going to happen exactly like this. And I was like, well, that's shit. Because I read this book and like, told me I was going to I got up to chapter three anyway. <laughs> but, and he said, he goes, there's no rules. He goes, the best thing you can do is just be there and be open to anything. He goes, you know, you're going to have to support Emma. You're going to have to support Bowie. You're still going to have to go to work and do all these other things. But he goes... You're just going to have to make whatever happens work. Make it work. And it's like, okay. And he goes, but there's no, you can't just give up because now you've got a life that you have to be responsible for. He's like, it's not like, oh no, I don't like this toy anymore. Tap this, I'm, go, I'm moving the bar. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> get, <laughs> see get me some new batteries. This toy's not working. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he just said, so whatever happens, you have to find a way and you have to make it work because there's one thing that defines a man or a human yeah. and it's not what happens to them, it's what they do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So it's like if it's, if it's in the state of being a father or if it's in the state of, you know, something happened to you, something happening to you traumatic or if you have a dream and it scares you, it's like, okay, do you walk towards the fear or do you walk away? That's what defines you as a human being. You tap out, you just be like, yeah. Oh. And it's like, is this going to be a trigger that haunts me forever? Or is this going to be something I use as a, as a motivational thing to push me forward to, to face that? You see what's behind the next door. It's funny because we, we had like briefly touched on the conversation before we, before we started the podcast. Um, and we were talking about that book, Sapiens, that you took me on to. A few people were talking about how um, the author, uh, Yuval, has been saying that Previous generations have been affected by exploitation and that, like, so you worked in a factory and you didn't have rights and your minimum wage and all this type of thing and it was a, a great struggle for the human being. Um, but now we've moved forward into this, into AI and into automation, how it's changing and shifting from exploitation into irrelevance. Like, at least when you were exploited, you could at least go on strike and the factory manager needed you. Yeah. He needed you to work in the factory to produce the textiles or whatever it is. Um, so you could ask for more money, but if everything's automated, if you don't come, it doesn't matter because you're irrelevant. And I think it's an interesting thing that you were talking about just then about um, being man and being able to evolve and keep working at it. 
I think it's when you have that struggle there when it comes from an exploitation or someone's taking advantage of you, you feel that affront and you're like, you initially want to, I think for most men or even for most women that you want to... The masculine energy. Let's yeah. refer to it as the masculine, masculine energy. Masculine, masculine energy. energy. Yeah, but see, for sure, we you know, obviously we talk about you know, men have that, we also have like that vulnerability. Yeah. Feminine, and, strong yeah, For sure. Yeah. But you have that masculine energy where you feel like you need to respond. Like you're like, someone pokes, pokes the bear a little too hard, you get teased a little bit and then you react yeah. and Smack get him. angry, right? <laughs> But it's different when you're taking advantage of and then when you're not required at all. So what happens when you're irrelevant and the struggle shifts and it's less about whether or not life got you down and life was too hard and now it's like, oh, life's pretty much either you're irrelevant, whatever happens in the future, I I have no idea, but Mm. you're irrelevant. So it's like, it doesn't really matter if you do whatever you want to do. No one, no one cares. Good luck to you. Like what that? What would make you happy? Exactly. What at that <laughs> existential crisis is when you have nothing to complain about, and you have to go deep. When you literally have no excuses. No one's saying, "Oh, I didn't get to yoga, or I didn't go to the gym, or I didn't eat well because I had to run around, I had to go to the office mm-hmm. at eight, and kept it. Mrs. Oh, Jenny at the office was keeping me down, or whatever the hell." Um, lucky, you don't have you're, uh, lucky you're about to go into like misses and then you're like, no, this could be misconstrued. Nah, Jenny at the office. <laughs> she's the, the bitch. My missus is not a bitch. Jenny at the office. Yeah, exactly. So she's saying she's not there anymore. There's nothing telling you to do anything. It's like what kind of like crises of, of like spirit and existence that will kind of bring up. And if you're unwilling at certain stages of your life to go deeper, like what's going to happen when those stakes change and the, the playing field changes? And everything adapts and goes forward. You suffer. Yeah. You suffer like you've never suffered before. But, that, but that's the thing. So it's realizing... <laughs> Internally. That it's realizing yeah, that the, the suffering suffer. is what you need to evolve. Like if there's no suffering and nothing's wrong, you're not going to change the game. Like yeah. if you come to work every day and you've got clients lined up out the door and you're making bank, you are never, ever going to think, oh, maybe acupuncture is not really my part. Maybe there's something deeper that I need to find because this is working. Mm. So it's not until that we have that suffering, we have that moment where it's like, okay, well, this isn't working. This lifestyle choice, this job, this whatever isn't working. It's giving me so much resistance. You need to make a change. Mm. So that's what propels you to have that evolutionary vision and go, okay, well, the yoga studio didn't work out. But I do like doing a lot of gymnastics and some movement, maybe I'll try my hand in that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a certain point and that doesn't work out. But then you can, you know, evolutionize into whatever it is that comes next. Like you've got this massive universe of options that you can go, all right, this is where I'm naturally evolving to. I tried this, it didn't work. And this is relationships, jobs, anything. Like there comes a point in time where if the resistance is outweighing the benefit, and it's time to change. Time you know, to do something. Yeah, it's or it's it's time to for something to change in your life to make it more beneficial than it is a, a task that you have to do. Mm. You know, if you're fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, eventually you're just going to go fuck this, and it's that's it. Mm. I think um, I I relate it to in some ways back to the the like. So what led me into to as a kid, I was always a big lucid dreamer. Now I know what that. Was. I knew I did that a lot, yeah. And then 
when I was became you know my mid twenties or twenties, it kind of faded. You know, responsibilities focused externally on the world, achieving, and I did a lot of sports and I got very good at a lot of things. And then it was like this. It was really interesting. I started meditating yeah about twelve years ago, and then about three years ago. And uh, now I understand what happens is prolonged. And I mean, I was one of those people I kept progressing and progressing and progressing with it and, and extending and extending. And then it was like, all of a sudden, I just started having these horrific nightmares. Like horrific. Like I was at my last year at uni and it was like to the point where I would feel everything in a nightmare. I'd wake up and I'd be dismembered in a nightmare and I'd be holding my stomach in pain. Like I could feel really, really, and it got really, really like, intense and basically what it is is that after a prolonged amount there's this point where you know you hit the shit and they're the shit and it's just and you got to go through the shit yeah and so i was in this point where i was really struggling like uh and you know it was a really defining moment as being a man because it was like i didn't want to go there i didn't want to go there it was this thing was like pushing me and i didn't want to go there and then, this, and then one, and then one night I was like, "I'm fucking going there. I'm going there." And so I went to bed and I was like, "Bring it." And so I went to bed and I was like, "I'm going to wake up in the dream. I'm not running. I'm not running." Yeah. And so I woke up and it was just this presence, like think about everything that made the shit your pants, like. And I and I and I was like, I know what running does. I get ripped apart and I wake up in the morning and I got to live with this another night. Yeah. So I just rolled over. And stood up in the dream and it's like this perturbating cloud of like dark just and i'm standing there and i just like come on like let's go like i'm like that that masculine yeah i was like why don't fucking go and it stops yeah and we're looking at each other and it's like this like and i'm looking at it and i'm looking at it and then all of a sudden it's like fucking this light switch goes I saw myself looking back at like I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say you're looking in a mirror. Like yes. looking in a mirror. And I just, my I absolutely, my heart melted. Like at that moment, I started crying. I just went like this. And it's like, it's like I went around it and it's like the two of us enveloped into each other. And it was like, you know, I mean, it was a pretty phenomenal experience from a life point of view. Like it was just white light, just gone. I woke up and I was just like, hey, what the fuck? Can I talk to someone about this? Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and what, what, it, what it did though, like you're talking about this thing of like being a man and being pushed and having to be flexible, was like I was up against the wall and there was two rows which was like, just don't change or do what you've never done before and, and see what happens. Yeah. So at that moment though, I turned around and I was like, I don't care what happens. And it was like, and it was amazing because at the end of it, that was like, it just, it was gone. It was like, it was like, I couldn't believe like one, that's what, that's what really turned me on to. I was like, you're telling me in one dream, if you got the balls, you can go there and you can face it and it changes like, it's not like it changes over a year of hard work. It's like, your mind's not the same anymore. You know, you wake up and it's like... Well, it's you understand that it's you. You change. You understand that the shitty stuff that happens to you is your fault. Yeah. You understand on that level that it's no longer the blame game. If something's giving you grief, you have to make a change. It's not their mm. fault. 
Which it's is not, being a man. Yeah. It's being a man. And it's, yeah, it's like, like you said, it's owning what's happening. Or a woman. Yeah. Like I said, that's what you well, said. It's, it's, it's just man. owning that energy. Being a fucking, like, you know, like, I find it, there's a lot of women out there, like, um, this, you know, there's a, if you're lucky enough, have a good woman, but then there's also a lot of women who are caught in a trap where they are really dictated to and disempowered, yeah? Through, like, you gotta look this way and your looks gotta look like this and you gotta look like that and you gotta be like this and you gotta be an object. And it's like, it's this, in, in your own sense, women are disempowered from that sh- strength, you know? Like, women have that strength as well. And it's something that I think maybe in the old days, you may have the warrior woman and the pagan days, and you don't know, fuck with them. Yeah. You know? No, don't fuck with the witches. I was smoke you. Like, fuck with the Viking woman. Lagatha from Vikings. <laughs> fuck. She's savage. But that, that to me is like ultimate sexy. Yeah. I struggle to find that man. Like it's like a thing that I've kind of like I really like that and it's something I feel like is a dying uh, You need to go to like Norway or something. Yeah. You need to go where the women are like six foot eight or something. Yeah, it's just a, but I'd see I see it in women. I see that they have that. But then it's like also it's like the society that maybe we've grown up in a huge part of it is that's seen as there's a difference between a woman who's just aggressive and is kinda like, I'm gonna make you do what I want. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, I didn't oh, see this. Dictating your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just so you know, you're now submissive. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm no, wearing no. the pants. I wear the pants. And it's like, you know, and you know, the, the guy, I remember I used to work in a bike shop, and this guy goes, Oh, yeah, I'll buy the bike. I've just got to go talk to the boss. And I'm like, Like, I'm not saying spend the money, but it's that thing of like. When I say that, it's an excuse <laughs> because I'm not doing it. I'm like, I've just got to ask Em. And I'll pretend to make a phone call. <laughs> I'll, honestly, I've done this before. I'll pretend to make a phone call. Oh, and yeah, I'm I'll like, no, nah, she said no. Sorry, I didn't get time back. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good one to face. Man, I'm, I'm like, I'll let them think that I'm the biggest pussy in the world. But guess what? They didn't get my money. Yeah. yeah. And like, because nice. people I'll do want your money. With yeah, I'll go home and do something. And Emma will be like, why didn't you get that? And I'm like, oh, you know, this just wasn't worth it. You know? and, and then when they both meet each other and they're like, oh, she said that. She's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. And she's like, I never, I never said that. I'm like, I start running away. I'm like, I don't want the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a really important, like, this thing of knowing people, knowing, like, not to, it's not an ego thing, but knowing value. Like, say, you know, if I'm sort of seeing someone and then it's kind of like they're playing a bit of a, like, oh, yeah, maybe, oh, I'm not sure. It's like this thing of know your value. Yeah, and it's not like an ego thing, it's just know that. What would, how would you treat someone? How do you expect to be tr- treated yourself? Know your value as a human being. And then when you know that value, it's like what you, what you kind of get is, like I see a lot of uh, people I know, like even male friends who end up in relationships where it's like they don't value themselves and so they end up in this thing where they're kind of like devalued. You know? So it's like this thing of having, like when you say to someone, you know what, that wasn't on. And it's not like that wasn't on, let's fight or I'm pushing on you, but it's like there's, like there's something really empowering about calling a spade a spade at that moment and not backing down and not being aggressive, just saying... You're just sticking by what's true to you. Yeah, saying that was fucked, you know, and, and being like, but not doing it aggressively. I think we get this wrong when we disagree, that means that we're being aggressive. Mm-hmm. But we're not. We're going to disagree. Do you think though, like... To, to touch back on the point where you're saying you're looking for a certain archetype of a woman, and I think we all 
we all want that, right? Like we mm. all want like what we envision. Like man, <laughs> which it probably is unrealistic. But not, but not <laughs> in that sense. But my question, because that that I don't know. Like there's certain mm. unknowables in, in life, like interactions and how you meet people. People come into your lives in the most bizarre ways. Like mm. obviously nothing happens at home, but every time you step out of your door, you never really know what's going to happen. Mm. You set the best intention, and shit can hit the fan. When it comes to meeting a partner and someone who, like, you want to share this journey with, who does call you on your bullshit and spade is a spade, do you think that there's certain things that you need to recognize intrinsically as their core values and then be willing to go into the journey with them and bring them up to a level that, like, not not in the sense that in, from like this magnanimous position yeah, of yeah, excellence, yeah, yeah. but that supportive role where they do the same for you, but you go in and help them rise to be their best self yeah. and the person that you think, as opposed to this, like, perfect person. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're never going to get... Yeah, no, 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 I know where you're going. Like, I totally agree. Like, I... I mean, I have a tendency to, to find myself sometimes and, and like, I have this sense I like to, like, ex- push people to expand, yeah? And I like... And, and sometimes that's not fear. Sometimes that's just the way I am as a person. But it's this thing of... Uh, Sometimes I have in a lot of previous relationships fall into the role as the lifter, the motivator, the, the one who is the strong one. Yeah? And something I've realised now is, you know, maybe finding you know, the archetype of woman is, is unrealistic, but someone who does that to me, that's what I think is, and maybe not, maybe naturally I do it a lot because that's who I am as a, my personality, but when it's more skewed too much one way where I'm come on, let's get up in the morning and go for a run, or, you know, like, I've, I've definitely asked myself this question now, I said, if you, if you were on the ropes, could she carry you? Yeah. Not, not forever, but could she do it? And it's, if, and if I'd say, I reckon this is, this is the wherever, if I, the next woman, I go, yeah, she could. I'm assuming that's a ring on finger, right? Oh, yeah, that's a finger. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's funny. It's very small vagina. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny that you say that though, because like, as soon, when you were describing how you are in a relationship there, and you're the lifter and the motivator, like I feel like a lot of that resonates quite well with me. I'm always looking for the positive in stuff. Always like, this is what we should do. This is how we should handle it. Um, let's be level-headed and make a logical decision. And whenever I am having a bad day, and like I used to think the exact same thing. And be like, oh, I wonder if, you know, someone would be able to, to motivate me and level me up. And all Emma fucking does. And it's like, I'm having a bad day and she's just like, why is this so difficult for you? Like, just do this. And it's not, she doesn't even give me any advice on what to do. But the fact that I'm getting advice externally for something that I'm good at, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm out of this slump. Yeah, that's and it's, sick. it's only You're the, lucky. the trigger. Lucky. The trigger is that, like, she notices that I'm in a shit mood, and she's like, "Stop being a pussy." But a lot of people just go, "Oh, let's just watch TV." You know, they don't call it. Yeah. But you're as lucky so, if yeah, someone calls it. As soon as it. like it's like, "Oh, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening." I'm like, "So what?" Mm. Just do the, it. The difference is though, that's, like, that's she's, good she's, shit. she's exactly right. I've got to do this, and it'll just be journal. Bang. It's communication. Like, yeah, it's like not even any advice getting passed on. It's just like stop being a pussy and just get it done, right? Sick. You've got bills to pay. The thing is, you're talking about in the like the thing that I think that the issue is is it's not whether or not you're willing to rise to the occasion. It's when 
and someone else is in a negative standpoint and they're willing to rise to the occasion. Mm. When you keep revisiting the same issues over and over, the same theme, and someone's unwilling to evolve, like you and your personality, you're like, if you came in, you're like, I'm in a dog shit headspace, I'd be like, fuck, pull your socks up and get to it. You'd be like, okay, let's go. That's five seconds of conversation, right? But the average, the average person, the average conversation you're gonna have, whether it's with your partner, with your friend or someone, it's not gonna be a five second conversation where you're like, they're like, I'm in a relationship and this guy's such a dick and he always treats me with disrespect and I never, I don't have any value under him. And you're like, you should fucking leave. You should definitely leave. You should not be with that type of person. They're For like, sure. I just don't know, you know? And you're like, well, what? <laughs> this and is a like, big conversation yeah. about yeah, yeah. an hour and nothing will change. Yeah, yeah, and then you're like, cool. you leave that conversation, you go, <laughs> all right, we sorted it out. I'm glad you feel better. You're I sick. feel better because I've learned a few lessons and what to recognize within my own relationship. This is sweet. A month later, same oh, he's being an asshole, and, and you're like, it's just, I think that the archetype that you're talking about is that, it's not the perfect person, but it's someone who is willing to evolve, who is willing to be like, fuck, from an introspective standpoint, yeah, yeah, I am yeah, yeah. doing this wrong, and I need to do better, and you're like, oh sweet, I don't need to prop you up every single time. But I'll help you. But I'll help you, yeah. yeah. For sure, I'd love to yeah. help you. It's love like that person hanging on the cliff, and they're like, just pull me up and then they, you try and grab everything all the way and they're not even digging their feet into the ledge at all. They're not even trying to use one arm. You're just like, oh fuck, I'll just do everything, shall I? Just lift you up. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, put a leg in, you know, do something. Yeah, now I think that's that's definitely, I, I look at it now and I'm that thing of where I wanna, yeah, like I've always, I've always been like that. Like I grew up with like a solo mum. She had me when she was 16. She wasn't like able to do a lot of mothery things. I got real, like even my mum says to me, she's like, you weren't a kid, you just like, I'm gonna look after everyone now. And it was like, so I, I know where it came from. It came from this thing where I had my mother, she was young, she probably didn't know what to do. I had to be the big one and help her with everything. And then I transferred that into relationships where I'm like, help you and now as I've gotten older and made you know mistakes many times as we do I've got to this point where I know now that yeah I mean no one's, no one's perfect I'm not perfect but it's this thing of finding someone who can actually yeah like you said like then they want to do it and if they want to do it well, it's someone that's, ex- that's okay with knowing what your shit points are like that, ex- like that accepts you for that because a lot of the time like people find that resistance when they learn something about you that like they don't quite like mm. and it's like oh I don't know if I can make this work and if someone's not willing to compromise on that stuff then fuck let's not waste five years of each which is what I would, I've, I've kind of turned a bit, bit ruthless lately where it's like I'm like that I'm just like the values are out it's not she's not willing to accept it yeah. we, can, we can play this game out for two years and yeah. maybe yeah. we get married or something and then I'm like, you know what, like... Man, if more people like that, divorce rate would be fucking way less. Yeah, I'd just be like, you know what, it's cool. I'm really happy with myself. I'm happy by myself. I love to experience things with other people. I love to have someone in my life in that capacity as a relationship. But it's like I think we, t- we talk about something, you know, like I, you know, like I love you, I care for you, but I can live without you. Thanks, bro. Yeah. So I can live without you. <laughs> you see what I mean? That, that, yeah, I like that, that. Yeah, like I love you, I care for you, but if I had to live without you, I can do it. And that to me is like, that's a proper functional relationship. It's like, oh my God, I've got to write a million love songs and like hang myself in the tree. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
And on that note, we're about to crack <laughs> our first hour podcast. Oh, 59. Do you want to just tick it out? And then we'll yeah, just we'll tick it we'll out. Say our we didn't even do our yeah. shout outs. Thank you to the show sponsors. We've got Evergreen Landscaping. We've got Ghetto Movement. We've got AccuFit Acupuncture. We've got Jimmy's Burgers. We've got Coco's Cafe. We've got Ben McKinnon Yoga. We've got Ben McKinnon Yoga. Really Get behind. <laughs> <laughs> but if, um, if you are interested in, in learning a little bit more, check out Benny's Instagram handle. We've tagged him in all our stuff um, this past week and we will get um, some trailers up for this podcast. Um, but check out his Instagram and if you want to check out his workshops and stuff, um, yeah, get across his socials and, and get behind it. But, mate, what an experience. No, 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 it's good. I knew we'd have an interesting. I, knew, I actually knew it. I would think, oh, we're, we're definitely cracking out. Yeah. It's just gonna, it's just gonna <laughs> be like we'll just we'll just get into all these little holes and then we'll find another one. So much random. And I was like, we could just keep going and dig those holes even bigger if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to leave this as part one, I think. Yeah. Part yeah. one, and part which one. is you know, <laughs> it's just you know, I knew there'd be many, many, be a regular many ways to go. Every, down. every six or seven episode, maybe yeah. in part seven comes up. <laughs> yeah. But no, right. no, but no, thanks for coming on, man. That yeah, was uh, that was some good conversation. I really enjoyed that, mm. and I hope uh, everyone else did at home that's listening and, and checking it out. It's good what you guys are doing. I just think this thing of, um, yeah, man, people want good, people want, I, I actually think people want to think. I think people really want to think. And you give people something to think about when they're driving a car or they're at home, like you're giving them options to just mindless bullshit. Yeah. You make them think. People want to think. So it's good on you for wanting to Cheers, man. And Joey, as always, thanks for piecing it together. South at Home Creative, if you need any video special effects whipped up for any events, JB's the man. JP, JP, JP's not a real person. All right, peace and love, everyone. Episode 12, Audi 5000.